This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. This was meant to be the quarterfinals to the Europa League places. Joining me to discuss that, Mr. Phil Shaw, Mr. Chris Bird, welcome. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Hello. Yep, good. No, I want want positive energy coming into the show. Thank (laughs) thank you very much. Hmm. It's not over. It's not over till it's over. Did you uh, break your day of carnation to uh, watch the villa? I saw some of it in the morning. Yeah, they both put on a, an equally wet show. <laughs> I did uh, describe the King's Carnation, actually, in Match Club. as equated it to the uh, Europa Conference uh, League when I said, I always remember as a kid thinking, yeah, you know, the Queen's all well and good, but I think they should skip this other guy yeah, and go straight to uh, Prince William, you know, skip the uh, Europa Conference League and go straight to uh, the Europa League. Yeah, skip the Burnley fan and just go straight to the two generations of Villa fans. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Let's get the legacy going straight away. No, no more messing around. Let's have guaranteed VAR decisions in our favour and other pleasantries when you're by royal appointment. All right, coming up in the show, we will discuss the Molyneux debacle as well as catching up on all the latest filler news, three points, media muppets, Emery's clipboard, a look at, is it even worth talking about Europe? For one more week, let's do it. (laughs) Right, let's get straight into this. We need some news to warm things up. Uh, Should we talk about the bull running amok at uh, the game between the Catalan Dragons and St. Helens? Uh, rampaging bull broke free and stormed across uh, the the field well i think that's a slight exaggeration i've watched the video they they the catalan dragons paraded like three big big beast of bulls real fat fat juicy numbers started to run dragged this person who was guiding it around dragged him across the, the ground and players and you know were jumping into the crowd to escape i noticed that there's some really cool guy with sunglasses behind the post just 
started to walk straight towards this bull, just put his hands up to like calm down. Everybody else was diving into the crowd. The old crocodile Dundee just tame it with the hand motions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or shall we talk about the villain news? Do you, do you want to speak yeah, about let's go with the villain news. BS or BS? The choice, <laughs> the choice is yours. Let's go with the claret and blue option. meant to be the charge of the cavalry when before the game well the, the press conference before the game mr emery declared that back in training was philippe cortino Leon bailey Bubaka kamara and also matty cash three of them made the bench to our surprise we thought maybe one or two may, may sneak in there Cash was the one that didn't make the bench, uh, and Diego Carlos actually uh, got his first taste of the action, coming on as a sub uh, against Wolves. Is it too little, too late there? I'm, I'm glad, uh, for example, Bailey got time and Carlos got time. It at least gives you one more body for the Spurs game, but uh, we'll get to that shortly. The big news uh, in the Villa fraternity this week was uh, Barcelona director of football, Matteo Aleman is coming to Villa Park. It seems like all the uh, I's and T's have been crossed on the contract and I'd imagine there'll be some uh, announcements soon-ish. Although he still has until June 30th to serve at Barcelona, so I don't know how big they will go on the on the announcement. Is it bad mm-hmm. etiquette to hold up the shirt and all that kind of stuff? Do your job behind the scenes would be my thing. <laughs> Just yeah. quietly, stealthily go about your business. Apparently he's also like a clause that he's already committed to do Barcelona summer business yeah. up as well. So if, unless he's going to double job, he might not be that involved. Depends if Barca need a new goalie. <laughs> It's one of those where the news gets out and you've kind of got to make some kind of formal announcement on Villa's part. So maybe it'll be like a low-key thing and then yeah, lift the new shirt with the new badge come June the 30th. We shall uh, see more of him in uh, other shows uh, as we get into the preseason, etc. Meanwhile, I think you went to this, Chris. Uh, Aston Villa under-18s lost the cup final against Spurs at Villa Park 3-1. Not a very good dress rehearsal for the weekend to come. No, it was not. How was the game no. in a nutshell? It was reasonably entertaining. Tottenham played some good stuff. Villa tried to play on the break. None of them are ready for the first team yet, <laughs> put it that way. Um, but it was some good football on show. Spurs had a couple of really good players, but ultimately, they, yeah, Villa couldn't, couldn't get over the line. We're recording this Saturday evening before the Villa women's team go away to Reading. The main thing to play for here for Villa is fifth place. Everton are away at Chelsea, so hopefully that will keep them pegged back. But they're only three points behind Villa and they have a game in hand. Although I think they have a, another, at least another hard game, Everton. So up to Villa there beat Reading and it should be job done I would uh, say at this point in time Uh, I think that's it from the Villa News before we go on I just want to give a shout out to the sponsor of the show NordVPN and uh, recommend their services as a three year user of their VPN if you want to uh, ensure your privacy in terms of both streaming and browsing and I described it on previous shows as a like a Swiss army knife in terms of the internet but uh, certainly in uh, the advantage it gives you uh, browsing and streaming on a multitude of levels that makes it a key subscription and uh, with the current offer exclusive to my old man said listeners where you get I think it's about 60% off normal prices. Uh, This is more if you go long term, which I recommend. You also get four months free as well. 
I mean, obviously, I could ramble on about VPNs, but you only have to do a bit of Googling. But also go to www.nordvpn.com slash moms to find out more details and the real life benefits of uh, having a VPN at your disposal for the price of a a coffee a month. And uh, you also can have it on six devices, so uh, you could share it amongst the family as well. Thank you very much. Right, three points. Napoli. Oh, Napoli. I get tweets tagging me in about, uh, oh, can you turn the music down before uh, Villa come on the pitch so you can hear the crowd? And I'm thinking, I think this race of having proper atmospheres in Premier League games is kind of over. Just following the the Napoli fans over the last few weeks in terms of their title push and like the team bus being followed by about 100 Vespers through through tunnels and flares. It's uh, it's crazy scenes, and then you look at the whole of Napoli, just fireworks. You know, I think somebody did like a, I don't know if it's a drone shot or somebody on a hill. It's amazing, wasn't it? The overlooking the yep. whole city, but uh, crazy. But something went wrong in the celebrations. A 26-year-old mm. son of a mafia boss was shot dead, and 100 people were injured during delirious celebrations by fans in Napoli. After, as we mentioned, they won their first Serie A title in 33 years. I think Villa won their first league title in 40-odd years, next season, by the way. <laughs> I don't think it'll be as this, this crazy, will it? No, of course not. The Italians are just another level, aren't they? Vincenzo Costanzo, who was known to police and had a significant criminal record, even though he was only 26, was gunned down during a spontaneous street party and that took place across the city. Who shot him, Phil? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. I think there's so many people and so many fireworks going off. It's probably the perfect time to do a hit if you were going to. <laughs> I mean, is that what it was? Is this? I mean, this is the level uh, of intel at the moment, is it? Yeah, it's, they're saying they don't know whether it was an accident or not, but because there was a lot of firearms discharged in celebration, but um, I would put my lira on it not being an accident, or euro as it is now. Yeah, opportunism is what we're saying, I think, here. Point number two, Messi was fined after going AWOL from PSG training. Is this where he turned up in uh, Saudi Arabia, by any chance, trying to broker a deal? It is. So what happened to him? What was his ban? Well, he is the ambassador, or he is an, an ambassador for tourism in Saudi Arabia. Of course and he is, of course oh, he yes. is. <laughs> Who isn't these days? Uh, he revealed that he couldn't cancel a trip that he had been prearranged before a change in PSG's training schedule. So he's blaming PSG for tra- for changing their training day, and, and he had already prior commitments. Um, so he's been suspended for two weeks Ooh. from training, and he won't be playing the matches. And with his contract due up in the summer you'd have to say this is the end of him in Paris. So he's either going to go and play in Saudi Arabia or probably maybe go back for a reunion to Barcelona. Who knows? Yeah, although I think uh, our man who's coming our way, Mr. Elayman, he's against that idea. I mean, financially, it probably uh, sucks if you're trying to balance the books. Well, and he's such good friends with Emmy Martinez and he owes Emmy one for winning him a World Cup that... Yeah, Come on, you now. Certainly be bold, wouldn't it, if he ended up with a little party? <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be a bold one, yeah. <laughs> Very yeah, bold. That would be a good use of our 15% extra on our season tickets. Very I think bold. It's the, only way that, the only way they could sell it, probably, a 15% raise is right. Well, 15% raise, but Messi's coming for a season. Yeah. You happy with that? Yeah, we, we are keeping our eyes on the uh, La League table, Premier League table, because the season ticket price rises and the match day ticket price rises. We're benchmarked against Villa being seventh. So, hmm. Point number three, 
Oh, Warren points. Mighty team of Northern Ireland. <laughs> Monaco, <laughs> Monaco of the UK. Finished second in the league, but in true Northern Irish fashion, face relegation. How does that work? Is there only two teams in this league? What's going on, Phil Shaw? No, it's a, it's a bit more convoluted than that. Now, size-wise, Warren points probably, I don't even know what you'd say the size of. It's not even the size of Aston. Not even the size probably of Aston. It is that tiny so it's a bit of a success story for them to even be up this far so they finished second in the second tier so they were due to win their playoff with the team that finishes bottom of the premiership over here so that was right. Dungan and Swifts but they have not been granted a license to play in either the Premier League or the current league they're in so going into next season that would drop them into intermediate football which is basically pub level football that I played getting a little personal shout out yeah yeah so the reason the reason for it is it's an unpaid tax bill so the IFA, the Irish Football Season, rejected their application for the license due to an unpaid tax bill. The club said they were unaware of the outstanding tax bill, but it was paid in full within days of it being brought to their attention. So there's appeal ongoing, and probably by the time you listen to that, they'll know the, the ruling of the appeal and whether or not they're going to get to play the playoff game. So the moral of this story is, if Villa hadn't paid their tax bill, remember, under Dr. Tony, we would have ended up as a pub league team. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Is that, is that you, the moral you, of the story? You, sh- you shouldn't, you wouldn't have got, Villa wouldn't have got their license to play in anything. So. Yeah, pay your taxes or else you end up as a pub team. Right. Before we get into Molly New, I'll, I'll bring up all kinds of things to uh, prevent us getting into talking about Wolves actually beating Villa. So before we get into that, as always, a big thank you to the My Said members, especially those who joined us in Match Club to experience Villa dominating a game with 62% possession, but rarely troubling the Wolves' goal, uh, if I'm honest. But first of all, I, I did say that I would give a shout out to Daniel Chorney. Now I can pronounce his name properly after uh, butchering it last time. So uh, big shout out to Daniel for joining us as a uh, member recently. And also thank you very much, William Leitonen, Bradley Thomas, Owen Draper, and Owen with the Irish spelling Hardwick for joining us as annual My All Man Said members. If you sign up as an annual member, you do get 10% off, which is over a month free. And by becoming a My All Man Said member, not only are you supporting, I do believe it's Prince William's filler podcast of choice, allegedly, but you also get ad-free and sponsorship-free podcast episodes. We strip it all out for you. We give you it raw. You also get extra shows as well. And by royal appointments, membership of Match Club are in a circle that meets also uh, for away games. Uh, and we do, it's pretty much a, a live podcast that everybody can get uh, involved in. So please do join us as we uh, build for next season and take it up another level. A legitimately challenging for Europe level, I, I would like to venture. So please do go to myomansaid.com, click on the, the members link if you're on a mobile device. It's how you normally uh, open up a menu by clicking those three bars and uh, get more details there. And please do join us. Thank you very much. Right then. Shall we talk about the dog heads? Uh, <sighs> context was this as i build it was a quarter final to get into the europa league i'm talking about the top level europa league not this uh king's charles type uh europa league the conference the voxel conference whatever you want to call it we received a boost 
With a welcome sight of Coutinho, Bailey and Kamara on the bench, Drury started to allow McGinn really to give more energy to that midfield to negate Wolves' midfield, which is one of their strong suits, especially with uh, Naves uh, as the chief conductor. This meant that Dendonka stepped out and Drury uh, obviously playing wider on the right-hand side. Everybody was reasonably confident, weren't you chaps? Quietly, we knew it was going to be a tough game beforehand, but you yeah. also thought that, well, hopefully Villa will rise to the occasion after the, the Old Trafford result. Yeah, I mean, when we've been talking about Villa's running and talking about we have to play all the teams around us and, you know, our final three games, uh, ironically, are the three immediate teams above us, we never dismissed the Wolves' away game as uh, easier than those games. It was on pretty much on the same level. Well, not certainly not with their current home record and our <laughs> general record at Molyneux is garbage yeah i mean they've they've won they've won six of the last eight at home and also when they win they don't concede a goal so that was a good context because within nine minutes they were one nil up phil started bright let's get that bit in quickly but nine minutes neves corner that actually there was a bit of a there was a little bit of a kerfuffle before the referee had to uh, sort that out and it was between mcginn and dawson kind of handbags grabbing and somehow McGinn kind of lifted Dawson up and I'm, I'm looking back at this in hindsight thinking is this Dawson was Dawson doing this as a distraction is this actually uh, a dis- disruptive tactic because the way it played out he did it again Mings who was kind of central he, he saw you know he was distracted by it when Neves took that corner and now the ball goes over Mings's head he's kind of in no man's land but the map marker is uh, Ramsey and I think Mings's attempt at getting to that ball uh, distracts Ramsey and uh, Totti's there and it's a great header oh when he gets there it's a great yeah. but the only place he could put it where Martinez wouldn't you're thinking get it. he's not going to score from there anyway I mean you'll notice watching it back there's the way the Villa defend that corner there's nobody on the the posts and it literally is as soon as it hits its head it's him versus Martinez and you're thinking I think Martinez gets that from that distance but it's incredibly placed in off the the crossbar and you think fair play but then you know I watched it back a couple of times and if that ball gets flicked on at that near post there's no Villa players really defending the back there's not obviously as I said nobody on the back post but like Costa peels off and if that's a flick on, then then Costa's like pretty free there. So I'm thinking McPhee's not going to be happy with that in terms of defending corners. Yeah, and you're not happy with that, are you? No, I mean the the kerfuffle that you talked about with Dawson did another job in actually stopping Konza getting into what you would call like the defending zone or the action zone, and it's something that I noticed Wolves do quite a lot in midfield. It's like blocking is almost like NFL blocking that they just run in the way of Villa players that are sort of like making. The, making distance up to cover spaces and things like that there. So they're quite a disruptive team to play against in the middle. And they obviously use blocking as well in the set pieces because that Dawson mess sort of like took a couple of Villa defenders out of the game, leaving yeah. that sort of space. Because normally you have your disruptor on the goalkeeper, don't you? To like put the keeper off and make sure he can't come out and claim it. But so they're kind of disrupting further out, but yeah. it's very effective. I mean, if that wasn't a direct header, then it could have been a flick on. And, and you know, they've, they've basically got a big advantage. If that goes to the back stick, then they're in. But at the time, you're thinking, eh, shit, because you know their record. You know that they're defensively they're very good at defending leads. 
And yeah. the way that game panned out, I mean, the first half, uh, I joked on Twitter, I was trying to work out if they're playing a back six, back eight or back 10, but they just closed all the spaces down. As soon as Villa got in that final third, they were really struggling. Buendia was getting frustrated. He, Although he was kind of the, uh, the victim of his own downfall because he was getting into spaces and he was kind of penetrating and finding pockets despite Wolves doing a very good job of cutting down that space but his final ball I mean it was a kind of bordering on atrocious at times I think the final final pass final ball you know those little real minute details that can be the difference in games Villa just didn't really have throughout but in the first half especially I mean when dear to be fair he had that the shot didn't he wear from you know the little sort of uh snapshot from the edge of the penalty area Sar makes a brilliant save yeah um, it could have been a different game but but Louise was sloppy Whatever. and missed they in all terms were, of really. misplaced passes. It was and Traore had a stinker. Yeah, yeah. First there's half. no surprise he got hooked at half time. Which, considering you've just brought a man back from injury in midweek, it's not ideal. You, you're not thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, get him on ASAP. It's like hey, this, this is going nowhere. This Traore situation. Yeah. And Moreno as well. He wasn't effective either. Either people have watched the game against Newcastle and have started to double up on him, or he's just he's he's just not linking with the players the way that he was prior to that game. Yeah, I think this is down to Wolves though doing a number. Mm-hmm. I think a few teams have though. To be fair, they've all done a similar thing in that they've they've taken away Villa's rhythm. I um, you know, Villa want to play a very controlling game. When Villa get into rhythm, they can hurt teams. Wolves didn't let them. They broke the game up a lot. They would foul a lot. The ref didn't get on top of that. Not that I'm going to whinge about the ref, although there were a couple of incidents that they you know were kind of borderline ones. But Villa allowed Wolves to just stamp on them a little bit and break the game up. And and you can see why Wolves have been grinding out wins at home because for for whatever they lack sort of with the ball. They're so good without it yeah. that it's just they're so difficult to play through. And I, and I still, you know, we've seen it against lesser sides at Villa Park where you know Forest, Bournemouth, Palace turned up, put a lot of men beyond the ball, and we just haven't been able to play, you know, play through that. Because the disappointing thing here is Wolves have been struggling for goals. That's why they were where they were, especially in mm-hmm. the, the early part of the season. So. To concede one cheaply on a set piece is is frustrating because you get a sense if you can sort out set pieces and defend them, then you should be able you to keep wolves, you should be able to keep wolves at arm's length here. But there's a different intensity. It's getting that goal so quickly meant that that dub, they doubled down on their defensive duties and they're very good at yep. it at home. And that was always going to make this really hard. And at half time. I mean, there was a Watkins header from a Ramsey pullback that went straight at the keeper. There was a handball check, but that ball kind of deflected onto his arm. So I was, you know, as soon as he was checking it, the ref, I knew that wasn't going to be a penalty. But you knew at half time this could end 1 0. This smelt a bit. Yeah, you needed something to really shake things up to change it and, and. There just wasn't anything there. I mean, just come back to talk about the, the, the foul in there. If you look at the foul count in the game, there was 20 fouls that Wolves committed compared to Villa's nine, yet there was three yellow cards each given. So clever yeah. fouls, just smart fouls breaking the game up. They were. They were very much so. You said uh, something had to change, and to be fair, I mean, Emery did react, and uh, he hooked Truro and brought on Bailey. And at that point, you thought, yeah, okay, that's that's at least he's taking positive action there. But unfortunately, Bailey made very little impact. Uh, I think Bailey plays better 
when we're, we, we are playing better teams and we're more on the counter, so he has more space to kind of do his thing. But he was about as effective as Traore in that second half. There was a bit of sort of fair weather about the pair of them, really. It wasn't just, you could argue, it wasn't the game for either of them, but it was the game when you needed one or other of them to step up, and, and neither of them did really. They're both infuriating with their sort of ball retention. As much as a couple of times they both tried to get their head down, get to the byline and stuff like that, they didn't do it anywhere nearly enough. And then when they did get into good positions, I thought that the delivery was poor. Yeah, because um, they were struggling because Wolves were at them straight away and they didn't they were. really have an answer to that, did they? And I think because Wolves scored so early and you could see their effort and application, it kept the crowd in the game because the fans, it felt like a derby game from Wolves' point of view. It was interesting listening to Emery actually before the game. He was almost downplaying it. You know, I think one of the local journalists was sort of talking about the other, the old ding-dong derby and all that sort yeah. of nonsense. And Emery was like, no, I'll just prepare them like a normal game. But it felt like Wolves had that extra sort of 5%, 10% just in heart and a bit of fight. And Villa wanted to play pretty football. And Wolves were like, no, nah, you're not having that, not, not at our place. And then we couldn't, we didn't, we didn't have the kind of, whether it was a mentality thing to be able to flick another switch and go, okay, we're going to have to just play a slightly different way here. I think we we believed in our plan and the stats would suggest that you know, we had a lot of the ball and shots and control, but then there was just never, I don't know, we, we didn't just go up a level where we've been in for a little while, you know, obviously since Newcastle, it's been difficult and we've kind of, you know, we flattered to deceive in the Brentford draw. We kind of did the same against Fulham. United was what it was and it, it felt like a continuation of the last four games. Really. But in terms of ex- uh, specific chances, uh, Ashley Young had one uh, where it was it was work, work from a corner, McGinn to Bailey, McBailey cut it inside and Ashley Young, yeah, perhaps unlucky, but the, the ball bounced in front of the keeper. So I think if it was on target, it would have been uh, something to deal with, shall we say. But before that, but before that, Costa actually was put through and uh, literally Martinez only save of the game I mean they had yeah. two shots on target one went in and then this was the other one and Martinez did a good job of uh, stopping it and you know he had a go at the linesman because he thought it was offside Costa was offside but still he played to the whistle note to Conza and uh, made a decent save I'd like watching Costa actually I mean there was a bit of fun with between him and Mings uh, I think early doors and they, they kind of both laughed it off but he's, he's a feisty fucker isn't he? and he always has been yeah but he showed his quality when he chested it down to uh, his teammate who kind of blazed it away but that's something that Watkins would ap- appreciate a teammate that's kind of uh, smart enough to kind of create stuff around and about you know around him uh, and yeah. Buendia's final pass in that kind of capacity has been lacking but they had the big big chance uh, was the Mings and it was Louise free kick kind of in in the middle of uh, Wolves's half and and he it's a great little dink yeah it's a lovely little ball in uh, but, but then the more you watch the replays it's uh, so frustrating because <laughs> you almost you, you can shapes all wrong, isn't it? It's le- he's leaning yeah. back. Yeah, I thought when it went over, I went the keeper's bound. They've got a touch on that because there's no way he's he's failed to hit the target from there. And then you look at it and you go, ah, oh, he did. And that kind of summed up Villa's day really at that point in the game. Yeah, it did. And, and I think I think the longer the game went on, you always hoped that maybe Villa would fight back, especially obviously knowing that Spurs were beating Palace. But I think the longer the game went on, you just thought this ain't going to happen today it's just not it's a, similar to United you know, a bit of huff and puff but never really that chance we think yeah we've had the big chance yeah. you know, once the Mings one went you thought oh, I don't know if we're going to get another one here and we, yeah. we didn't really did we 
No, there was just it was just come down to decision making because there was one incident towards the end of the game where if you remember the first goal against Newcastle, big deep ball in from McGinn and Watkins headed the ball back for Ramsey to smash into the net. Almost carbon copy. The ball was hit into Watkins and Ramsey was close by him. And this time Watkins tried to head it sort of on target from about 12 yards on, on like on the diagonal it was never going to go anywhere near the net and you just thought to yourself the decision making just isn't there today either they know something's at stake and they're really you know trying too hard or it just Extra wasn't clicking tension. at all hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, yeah I I'd, I had said that sort of after the game that it felt it probably hadn't kicked in really until they played Man United and then they looked at the table and thought, wow, we've actually got something to lose now. I think before, you know, through the, the long sort of unbeaten run and scoring, etc., there was a, a thing of we're gaining momentum and it's a bit of an adventure and we'll just keep this going. I think they actually felt the pressure. They knew they had to go to Wolves and win. It's the first time really in a long time they've been under pressure to have to win to achieve something, these players. And it felt, you know, we didn't have to beat Fulham. It was an opportunity where we could go fifth for whatever it was, 24 hours. Newcastle felt like a big one where they got over the line and really put a statement down. And then that allowed them to be right in the mix, which maybe they never really felt like they expected to be there. So it was yeah, like, the new, oh. Newcastle game just presented like a, yeah. a plateau a of possibility, yeah. didn't it? Completely. And then with Wolves, we sort of looked at it. And after the, the midweek round of games, etc., with obviously Brighton beating United, etc., and the, the Old Trafford defeat, the players sort of knew, well, we know kind of what we've got to do here if we want to be in Europe. And then all of a sudden, you're going to Wolves, which is a, a tricky place to go at the best of times for us, especially. And and of course, Wolves, after having lost six nil, were always going to want to be party poopers because it was the the result that would have you know got them to forty points, even though they're already safe. And I just I just it just felt like Villa. It was another like a little hump game, and they just they just. I'm not going to say they bowled it because it well, wasn't, it's not a hump it game. That, it's a it's a kind of do or die type situation yeah, in there. It's just, no no have it no fucking around now. As as yeah, Emery said to them, to this the is the business end of the season, and this is this these is, the stakes are higher now. But credit yep. uh, finally on this game, two Wolves who worked very yep. hard, and yeah, you know, Villa had very few guilt edge chances, and a lot of that da- was down to Wolves' uh, application, and it's now nine wins, all of their wins at home have been with clean sheets and I think at the end Brighton had an influence on this game because that 6-0 win it just refocused Wolves they know their next game is in front of their home fans they've humiliated themselves against Brighton and their first priority is to let's sort this defence out and they would have doubled down on their efforts and you saw it and the thing is if Brighton had beaten Wolves 1-0 or 2-0 uh, they wouldn't have been as fired up defensively uh, against us. And I think Brighton did two jobs with that 6-0 win. The serendipity, you know, as fate would have it, their rivals for the European spots uh, were playing Wolves next. And they, they kind of helped themselves by refocusing 
wolves for when Villa came to visit Molyneux. So well done, Brighton. Yeah, cheers for that, guys. Right, I think it's time for Media Muppets. Right, what's in the uh, Media Muppet trough, Phil? Well, we're going early this time with Villa transfer legs and a whole week of stating the obvious. <laughs> so when it comes down to it, when, when news broke that Villa were in final negotiations with Barcelona's Mario Almeni that we were speaking about earlier, um, two respected journalists both tweeted the same thing. John Percy. The why is silent? Oh, nah, see, you got my Spanish there. Barcelona's Mario Alman. Two respected journalists both tweeted the same thing. John Percy and Tom Colomos both took the opportunity to come out with this bit of knowledge. They said Villa will be targeting players in La Liga in this summer. I mean, no sheet, as you would say, Sherlock. <laughs> no I sheet. Mean, as Emery says, clean sheet. I mean, come on. I mean, you'd say this is a fairly easy assumption to make, and it's one that you'd make without the impending arrival of Alman, considering Unai Emery's background. I mean, he's managing La Liga for most of his career. That's probably where he's going to be getting players from, and it's where he, it's where he got um, Alex Moreno from, so it's, it's a pretty easy one to say. I'm, I'm glad they've helped us there by flagging that we may be getting some players from La Liga. I mean, I, personally, I had no idea that was uh, the direction we were going. Insert every Barcelona player. Well, I mean, it's, it goes further than insert every Barcelona player because um, one of the guys in Match Club, Jim, has done a, an Excel spreadsheet of all the players that Villa have been linked to. <laughs> Which is really couple, good, by the way. Yeah, just in the last couple of weeks. And I think we're up to 50 at least by the media. Yeah. So split over goalkeepers, defenders, attack, midfield, it's everybody. For anybody who wanted uh, a rational pre-season, rational summer. No chance. Mulling over, oh, who Villa might actually get. You've got the two worst scenarios to open up the gates of hell you've got the ceo saying that we're going bold and we're taking it up a level so that basically means we could be linked to anybody now and also you, you you've got the uh, football and director of barcelona in that combination it means it's it's open season you can't dismiss any link as irrational now i mean you really have to uh, give it some proper thought to dismiss anything so that means all these clickbait sites and there's new ones popping up there's, there's one villa news uh, very imaginative uh, title and it's only that because they just want it for the ceo search engine optimization villa news that's why the uh, birmingham mail turned themselves to aston villa news and all their social media it's as simple as that so they can get max maximum churn so it's going to get messy people in the summer that is yeah. guaranteed anything nuggetary on offer <laughs> just a small one coronation themed again so why was the champions league anthem played at the coronation ceremony was it now you'll, yeah you'll have seen lots of um i didn't know that going football fans go wild as champions i don't think that it'd go wild at all david hughes in the eye explains it properly the music piece is called zadok the priest the coronation anthem to give it its full title it's a belter by the way which was composed by Handel for the coronation of King George II in 1727. Mm. Mm. British composer Tony Britton rearranged Zadok the Priest for UEFA in 1992 to make it the anthem of the Champions League. Mm. So it's dead simple. No need for all the football fans to go wild. They didn't. They just went, oh, that sounds a bit like the Champions League anthem. That's why. God, you learn something every day, don't you, Chris? You do, David. I mean, I was half expecting to see a little circle of children in the middle of the uh, the church this morning with a little uh, shaking the little what's it? You know, the little the pitch banner they have. But no, of the the kind of ball shaped thing. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the carnation, I thought with his contribution to the Premier League this season, uh, Emery would have been invited to uh, the carnation. But uh, surely he 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 deserves it more than Katy Perry. Speaking of Emery, David, what's an Emery's clipboard this week? 
we've starved people uh, the last couple of weeks, so we we have to we have to have it in. Emery's clipboard focuses on the wonderful world of uh, football statistics. So let's focus on a man that's uh, probably our main man. Will he stay at Villa if uh, we don't get into the European places? We are talking about Mr. Martinez, but we're not talking strictly about Martinez. We're talking about Olsen as well, because he's seen action. We are talking about saves made this season by whatever team's goalkeepers combo. I mean, mostly it's Martinez. Although saying that, has Olsen actually made a save this season? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down that rabbit Tends hole, Tends to David. concede goals rather than make saves. But anyway, so the name of the game is to guess this season how many saves have been made by uh, Aston Villa. In the context of the Premier League, I will give the chaps the uh, the boundaries, which is who's in 20th place of saves made? Manchester City. Of so course. that's Edison, uh, if I'm not mistaken. 46. Hmm. Now what? top, top of the pack. And this keeper's high up in the fantasy Premier League charts, if I remember rightly. Brentford's goalkeeper, David Rea, of 148 saves. Now, I thought Brentford would be kind of in the middle somewhere because obviously they're, you know, top, top half. So I thought, them, you know, their midfield must be and, and their defence must be doing a good number. So Raya is single-handedly keeping Brentford in the top half of the league. I thought it was like more of a money ball stroke team effort, good scouting, but it's just one man in goal. So uh, no wonder he's uh, the likes of Spurs, etc., kind of sniffing around him because he would be a cut price deal instead of trying to get Martinez for teams who think they are uh, Champions League level. Anyway, enough waffle of so forty six Manchester City, one hundred and forty eight Brentford. Where are Villa in this? Let's go blind first guess. Phil Shaw, let's go first. 76. 76. First go, Mr. Bird. Um, 80. 80 from Chris. Right, we're going into where you can pick another team to get their saves made this season. Phil Shaw, what team would you like? Give me Brighton. Brighton, who actually dropped Sanchez. They're on yeah, seven, been playing, hasn't he? 71. Ooh. I'm not going to tell you where that where they are in the table though okay i'll go with obviously tottenham tottenham 109 ah. so their keeper's been earning his spurs excuse the pun right phil how many are you going for i'll go 87 87 chris bud 90 90 one more team selection liverpool <laughs> 104 but they've been defending atrociously haven't they um man united manchester united 90 Right. Is this final guest time? It yep. is. Shall I give you one clue where Villa are in this table? Go for it. Go on. Tenth. Mm-hmm. Right. Final guess. Can you make educated guesses here? 96. Chris Bird comes up to the hockey. Budonomics working overdrive. Um, 88. Well, none of you are really close, but because he went highest of your lot, uh, Phil gets it. Yeah. 96, but the real number is the same as Spurs, 109. Wow. But this is crazy. You would never work at, like, Brighton, 71. They are 19th. So you could read into this, he's faced, he's faced the least shots. I mean, this is second to Manchester mm. City. But then, weirdly, in 18th, Southampton with 79. So basically, they're, either they're keepers shit, 
or these are like guilt edge chances that you know they're obviously bottom of the league and then Arsenal well, cl- clinically crap every time they yeah. cons- the shot comes in it just goes in then it's Arsenal and Newcastle and then Manchester United so Southampton this kind of weird anomaly in there and Brighton uh shows you that he's not facing much uh, firepower. And then to have Brentford top, then you've got Fulham, 133, Bournemouth, 126. And then you've got teams you expect, Everton, then there's Chelsea, then there's Wolves, and, you know, Forest, uh, eighth. They're kind of just one save above us. Where's Leeds? Leeds are uh, 105. (laughs) So kind of an intriguing one. The idea of Emery's clipboard is also to throw some... uh, intrigue into the equation as well as the competition right gents uh, as we uh, draw to a close do or die really isn't it have to beat spurs simple as that yeah yeah, yeah. we're probably going to need you would think seven points minimum but more likely nine points to be in europe next year no rooms for slip-ups now mm-hmm. know what they need to do well, or we, yeah, we need, and we need snookers, don't we? You know, we're going to need Spurs to drop points somewhere or Brian to... Well, they're going to have to drop them. them against us. I mean, that's why we have to beat them. Uh, if you can't beat Wolves, then people are saying, well, you've got no chance against Spurs, Liverpool and Brighton. And I, I think that's a fair enough comment. But we've seen on our day, like at Villa Park as well, currently, to anyone. we are actually on a run at Villa Park where we're doing what Wolves are doing. and we're, we're winning games and not conceding. So with a crowd fired up, but I think we need to beat Spurs to get the catalyst burning and then against Liverpool you can shit house that one and potentially snatch something there I'm not totally convinced they they didn't look great against Brentford they haven't looked good in any of the games no. they've won and they look atrocious at the back but I mean they're on a winning run and uh, I think flying? they could get Champions League still they've probably done enough to secure at least Europa League so I don't think they're being tense as normal because uh, you no. just need United to win another game and that's probably seals realistically yeah. the deal in terms of the expectations of being overtaken I don't think it's going to happen no. but anyway we're getting ahead of ourselves but that Liverpool game is like if, you, if you're going to drop points against Wolves then you've got, to, you've got at least a window to get those points back against Liverpool but it all ends and starts with Spurs Yep, it's got to be done I mean, we are where we are, and uh, I think if you didn't have that crappy start, then a Europa League place is probably uh, part of the cause, because this league it hasn't been fantastic in terms of quality of teams. You've got a lot of teams in transition, Chelsea, Spurs, Liverpool, fannying around at the start of this season. So it's going to be very interesting, but the, I mean, the good news is, is we have got a foundation that if we do go bold and we get some interesting additions that at the same time don't upset the balance and uh, belief in the squad, if you know what I mean, in terms of like prima donnas and jealousy and all that kind of stuff can kick in if we're starting to buy big, big guns on big, bigger wages than uh, the wages that the players have got at the moment. So as long as it, they're all pushing in the direction, it should still be... Uh, good news next season but Spurs I mean we don't know what's going to happen to Brighton against Everton maybe when you listen to the show you'll know the result there but you know if Brighton dropped anything against Everton that would be a plus but and I'll leave you with this I didn't want to go into uh, I wanted to beat Wolves so other teams results were all about bonuses now we're kind Mm. of begging a bit and I didn't want to really be in that position where you're hoping something happens rather than you just take care of your own business and anything else is a bonus any final words just beat Spurs yeah roast the chicken right until the barbecue at Villa Park this coming weekend it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye 
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.